Today is day three of our prayer and fasting. And tonight, our focus is healing in relationships. Can you please look at the person beside you and say, healing in relationships? Very good. So, you know, my wife and I are privileged to counsel some people, some couples under us, and also other people who are not part of our discipleship group. But you know, if I were to assess and give a number as to the many of counseling sessions I had with them, there's one thing that is common, or the highest topic is all about relationships. And you know why? Because relationships are valuable. We value relationships, right? In fact, if you give, go to weddings, to baptisms, to birthday celebrations, and even wake services, there's one thing in common. People come together because we value relationships. And I realized relationships are important. We were made for relationships. From the very beginning, God created us to relate to Him so that we can also relate to others. Are you following? Yes. That's how God's been designed ever since. And you know what? Jesus himself, when he came to earth, he valued relationships. That is very important. He spent time with his disciples. He spent time dining with even sinners. And he spent most of his time building and valuing relationships. And when somebody asked him, what is the greatest commandment, Jesus, of all the commandments in the Bible, what is the greatest commandment that we can see from the Bible? And this was his answer. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Can you please turn to the person beside you and say, I love you, bro. I love you, sis. Wonderful. Isn't it just amazing to just see the body of Christ, brothers and sisters loving with the love of Christ? That is the picture that we want to see. And you know what? As we look at this passage, there's one thing that I want you to observe. If you look at the commandments, the greatest commandments, love is the foundation of relationships. It's all about love. It's loving God and loving others. And another observation is this. The sequence that we are to love others is to first love God before we can love others. And if we follow this model, this model that God has created, for all of us to enjoy, this is where we can really experience true love, real joy, acceptance, unity, and most of all, intimacy. Now, do you want that in your relationships? But the reality is, not all relationships are like that. Would you agree? In fact, some of our relationships are broken, and some have been severed. And you know why? I realize that if we do not follow the model of Christ, the model of God in our relationships, there's no way that we can really experience the intimacy 
that He wants all of us to enjoy. And you know what? It's just surprising that in the relationships that we have, it's in the same relationships that we experience disappointments, hurts, and even betrayal. And so, the fact is, if we look at our marriages and our family relationships, this is where we get hurt the most. This is where we get betrayed the most. And you know why? This is something I realized. The closer the relationship, the harder and more hurtful it will be to restore that relationship. It's too broken. Why? Because we are imperfect people. Can you please look at the person beside you? You are imperfect. And sabihin mo, so am I. Okay, very good. And you know what? Another reason is we have invested so much in these relationships. We have invested our time. We have sacrificed for these relationships just to protect and grow it and build it. And we put our trust to the very people that would later on disappoint us and hurt us. But the question is, how do we respond when we get hurt in our relationships? How do we respond when our relationships are already broken? How do we navigate through that? Some of us resort to anger. We get mad. We get angry, right? And that's the normal response that we have, especially when we are betrayed. Some of us give the cold shoulder or the silent treatment. Some of us isolate ourselves. And to a certain extent, we cancel the people that who are dear to us. Right? Magilib ng chat, magkoklose na account. That's it. Friendship, relationship, over. But most of all, some of us are not even satisfied with that gesture. You know what we do? We retaliate. And it's just so painful to see relationships going that way. In fact, I've learned that married couples today, the minute that they experience conflict, you know what's in their mind? Ah, I'm going to divorce my wife. I'm going to separate with my wife. I'm going to file an annulment for my wife. These are the things that are going on in the lives of married couples today. In fact, not only married couples, even parents. Parents abandon their family so that they can join another family. Why? Because they have been broken. Can you see? And lastly, can you imagine children today are starting to save up, starting to prepare their future. And for what purpose? Because there's so much brokenness in the family, they want to leave their family. That's how broken relationships can really affect us. Now, the question is, can we still heal from broken relationships? Can we still heal from broken relationships? Yes. And I'm glad that you said yes. But we only do it with God's help. And so, you might ask, why God? Isn't it that God authored relationships if he authored relationships, then he is in the business of restoring and healing relationships, right? Right? Can I get an amen for that? Okay. And most of all, he is in the business of freely investing and restoring relationships. 
But Vince, you might say, you don't understand. My relationship is too broken. My relationship is too hurt. My relationship is just impossible to restore. Now, listen to me. Listen well. Are you telling me that the God who created the whole universe out of nothing and the God who can bring the dead back to life cannot restore your broken relationship? Is that what you're telling me? Well, the truth is, there is no relationship that is too hard for God to restore. Amen? Now, the title of our message tonight is Heal in Love. Can you say Heal in Love? And we'll be taking it from the passage, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 7 to 9. And just to give you a background of this passage, Peter, Apostle Peter, was writing to the believers in exile. Why? Because we are being persecuted by the people who are killing Christians. They're running after Christians. And so he wanted to strengthen them. He wanted to encourage them. In fact, he wanted them to persevere. He wanted them to give praise to God in spite of all the trials that they were facing. Why? Because Jesus Christ, by his grace, have saved them from damnation. That is the very purpose that why they can worship, why they can sing praises to him. And not only that, Peter was encouraging them to live holy and pleasing lives to God. For what purpose? So that even if people are persecuting us because they see how we live our lives according to the ways of Jesus, they would want to have the Jesus that we have. That was the very purpose why Peter was encouraging the believers, even if they were persecuted. And not only that, Peter was encouraging them to keep their conduct honorable. And so as we dive in now to verse 7, I want us now to read a few words at a time. You husbands, how many of you here are husbands? Raise your hand. Okay, how many of you here are husbands of one wife? Oh, just kidding, just kidding. Okay. Okay, husbands, I want you to listen, okay? It says here, in the same way, I highlighted that phrase, in the same way. What does in the same way mean? Can you tell me? What does in the same way mean? It means you have to do the same thing. And to understand what that in the same way means, we have to go back to the previous verses because Peter was addressing a different kind of audience in verses 1 to 6. And would you like to know who that audience is? It's the wives. And what was his encouragement to the wives? He was encouraging the wives to submit to their husbands. In fact, husbands, this should be our favorite verse, right? We want to use this verse. Whenever we encounter conflicts, we want to use this verse. It's like a card that we throw into our wives and say, you submit because God said you submit. That is so unloving. That is not how God designed marriage relationships to be. And so, with that, you husbands in the same way live with your wives. And I realize that you may be living with your wife in one household. But it does not follow that because you are living in the same roof or under the same roof, you're connected. In fact, many of you are living in the same place, but you are disconnected. And so, Peter was encouraging them, specifically the husbands, in the same way as the wives submit to their husbands out of their obedience and reverence to God. You, husbands, must likewise do the same thing. 
In fact, he does not stop there. There were two things that Peter wanted the husbands to do. What are the two things? Can you see this? Live, your, live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker since she is a woman and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. Imagine that. Not just living under the same roof, but submitting to one another. What a beautiful picture of marriage would that be, right? Can you imagine that? The wife is submitting to the husband. At the same time, the husband is also submitting out of reverence to God, out of obedience to God. What a beautiful picture of marriage. But you know what? In spite of that, husbands and wives have specific responsibilities and roles to play to make, to create harmony, unity, and intimacy within the marriage. And how do we do that? Well, husbands, do you know your roles and responsibilities? Well, let me tell you. As a husband, you are the provider. You are the protector. You are the servant leader. Not just the leader. You serve. And out of that service, your family members will follow. Not, what else? Unconditional lover. And no wonder that Peter teaches us how to live with our wives in an understanding way and showing her honor. What does it mean to live in an understanding way with our wife? It means listening to them. It means being sensitive to their needs, to their fears, to their feelings. What else? To treat them with respect. That's the first thing. And the second thing is equally valuable. What's the second thing? Show her honor. Honor in the Greek, timi, okay, means to value, to respect, to highly esteem, to treat as precious and weighty. And the reason why Peter was encouraging them to do this, what are the reasons? Because they're a fellow heir of the grace of life. They are also recipients of God's grace. Jesus died for them as well. He shed his blood just so they will experience forgiveness, life, and eternal life with him someday. And the second is to show her honor. How do you show honor to your wife? And you know what? I realize this is a great opportunity for me to really honor somebody very special in my life. And so I would like to call my wife over there. Bea, can you please applaud her? Bea. CCF family, I will just take a moment just to honor my wife. Bea, my love, I am forever grateful to the Lord for what you have done to help our family, to build our family to what it is now. And I'm so encouraged and blessed by your example, by your love. You have been my supporter. You have been my prayer warrior. You have been my unconditional lover. And I am so blessed. And because of that, I love you with my six-footer heart. God bless you. Question. Do these things apply only to married couples? Living in a manner that understands them, showing honor, do you think it's only applicable to married couples? Well, let's continue to verse 8. 
in verse 8, it says, to sum it all up, all of you, now, when I say all of you, does that mean kasama ang anak? Tito, tita, tatay, nanay? Correct? All of you? You might say, oh, I'm not married, that does not apply to me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what does all of you mean? It applies to all of us. And so, we, together, live in a manner that is understanding our, our family, our wife, and others. And next thing, he said, be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit. Why? Because conflicts are inevitable. It will really come in your marriage, in your family relationships, in all relationships. Conflict will really happen. And the root of all conflicts is pride. We refuse to give in. We refuse to submit. We refuse to honor others. That is the cause and the root cause of conflicts. And when conflicts arise, we need to resist the temptation to retaliate or even consider revenge. And that's why Peter commands us to the believers in the next verse, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. I've heard this statement. I don't know if you've heard this. When somebody gets hurt, there's a person who came up to me. How are you? I know you got hurt because of that. And you know what this person replied to me? Oh, don't worry about it. I don't get angry. I get even. Wow. That's scary, right? That's scary. And you know, the worldly way of handling conflicts is the way that person was handling it. They want to retaliate. They want to return evil for evil. They want to, re- to return insult for insult. But that's not God's way. And the danger, if we go through this cycle of hurting others because they've hurt us, we enter a cycle. And unless that cycle is broken, there's no way that we can really restore our broken relationships. We need God's healing. And Peter shares with us the secret to restoring broken relationships. What's the secret? It's found over here. Give a blessing instead. You might say, Vince, are you serious? Give a blessing instead? I cannot do that. They do not deserve the blessing. You know, the reason why Peter was encouraging to do that because it's counterintuitive. It's not the way the world operates, but this is how God wants us to operate. And not only that, this is our calling. You were called for the very purpose. That's our calling to be peacemakers, to be salt and light, and to bless others so that we ourselves can inherit blessing. So how do we bless others? Love them with the love of Christ. Um, Vince, I understand that. That sounds really good, but I really do not know where to start. Well, the best place to start is the minute that you get down on your knees. That's the best place and the best time for you to start so that healing can be in your relationships. How can that happen? You pray that these people who have hurt you that they have an encounter with Jesus. Because only with an encounter with Jesus that they will be transformed and get healed. And the same prayer you pray for yourself, that the words of God will heal you and the words of God will allow you to love them with the love of Christ. Prayer lang? Is that it? 
Come on, you can do something better than that, Vince. Well, never underestimate the power of prayer. As Pastor Peter would always remind us, when we pray, we pray. But uh, when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. And so, what's the title of our message today? Heal in Love. I've created a simple acronym to help us remember and apply this in our lives. Heal. H, humble yourself before God. E, entrust your relationships to God. A, assume responsibility. And L, love sacrificially and continually. Let me go to verse 7. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker since she is a woman, and show her honor. You know one thing I realize? It's hard to show honor without humility. It takes a lot of humility for you to be able to honor somebody, for you to be able to live in an understanding way. And verse 8 also mentions, all of you be humble in spirit. What does being humble in spirit means? It means not just considering our own interests, but also considering the interests of others. It's not just counting our others' needs, but more important are the needs of others. It's acknowledging your need for God's power and God's intervention. E, entrust your relationships to God. Let's go back to verse 9. Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. When we can't resist the urge to repay evil for evil, it means we need to trust God. To entrust means to surrender to God, to surrender to His justice and to surrender to His righteousness. It means we leave the results to Him. We need to cooperate with God. There's absolutely nothing we can do aside from just entrusting God. Next, A, assume responsibility. It means becoming vessels of healing in our relationships. Romans 12, 18 says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. You know, I realize you cannot just blame others. You cannot blame God for the broken relationships that you have in your life. If you are in a broken relationship, listen to this. You are part of the problem. And the good news is, if you are part of the problem, God can use you to be part of the solution of the problem. Amen? All right, very good. And how do we practically do this? To assume responsibility. We own up. We humble ourselves. We confess, forgive, and pray. And last but not the least, love sacrificially and continually. What does it mean to love sacrificially and continually? It means applying God's commands and principles from our passage with the love that we have received from Jesus. And my friends, you cannot do this unless you first experience the love of Christ. It's that's way. It's always that's way. And the ending of our passage says that we should be instead blessed people. What? Blessed people? How do I do that, Vince? And to bless people means to love them with Christ, to pray for them. And the reason why I'm saying we love them with Christ is because Christ is our standard. Christ is our model for how to love others. In fact, Jesus demonstrated that kind of love on the cross 2,000 years ago. He did it on your behalf. He did it for your sake, not for his sake. In fact, he did it for the sins of the whole world. He took all of them in and nailed them on the cross 2,000 years ago.
that's how much He loves you. That's how much He desires to have a relationship with you so that you can also love others. And as in CCF, our definition of love is it is an unconditional commitment towards imperfect people seeking their highest good. That's believing the best and requires sacrifice. Jesus did everything. He was committed to die on the cross for you and for me. He was able to die on the cross because his objective is to take away the sin of the world and put it on himself. And not only that, the reason why he did it, because he believed the best in all of us. And that required sacrifice. So to summarize, heal in love, humble yourself before God, and trust your relationship to God, assume responsibility, and love sacrificially and continually. Now I'm going to ask my wife to share her testimony to just allow us to see how God works in relationships to heal and restore broken relationships. Good evening. I grew up in a broken family, and as a result, I promised myself that I would build my own perfect family someday. When I got married, everything seemed to fall into perfect place until one day, while I was eight months pregnant, I discovered that my husband was watching pornography. I confronted my husband about this, and to my surprise, he straightforwardly denied watching those kinds of videos and even accused me of doing so. I knew that he was lying as he was caught red-handed. My world shattered because the person whom I love the most broke my trust. The dream of having a perfect, worry-free, and problem-free relationship was all gone. And because of his actions, I became insecure, felt unloved, and even blamed the pregnancy that brought changes to my body, which I thought was the reason why my husband got into pornography. Every single day was a challenge for both of us from then on. I would give Vince the cold shoulder and showed him that I didn't trust him anymore. But at the same time, I knew that it was wrong to disrespect him for the rest of our lives and to get even with him by doing so. Colossians 3.13 says, Bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. So I turned to the Lord and asked him to help me release forgiveness to Vince. I knew I could not do it on my own and that God is the only one who can restore us. By God's grace, after much prayer, Vince humbled himself to the Lord and to me. I saw how Vince assumed the responsibility of loving me despite the cold shoulder I gave him and my lack of trust. He saw the pain I experienced and saw, and saw how it could ruin our marriage, our family, and ultimately his testimony to Christ. He then realized that one click, one video was not worth the pain it cost me and the destruction of our marriage. Because of God's love, I learned to forgive and love Vince as Christ wanted me to. It was a long journey of healing and restoration, but we didn't give up on praying for each other, asking the Lord to help us. And as we entrusted everything to God, we saw how He slowly worked in us and restored our marriage. 
Just like any other relationship, ours is far from perfect. We will continue to fail each other, but we are confident that we can always experience healing and restoration with God's unconditional love. I praise God for you and for the grace that he has extended to me through you. As we wrap up, I want to end with this statement. Love is the foundation at which healing and restoration are built on. Do you have broken relationships? We need to heal in love. And the only way that we can do that is if we go to God and ask Him to start working in our relationships. But you know what? To be first to be able to love others and heal in love, we must first understand His love for all of us. And so I invite you now, as we close in prayer, to pray to Him. And if this is your first time to ever hear of hearing God's amazing love and His forgiveness that is available to all, and if you want to respond in that love of God so that you can really experience restoration of relationships, not only with others, but for, first foremost with Him. And why don't you pray something like this? Lord Jesus, I realize how much you love me. I realize that because of my sin, our relationship has been broken. But you took the initiative out of your love for me to die on the cross, to die with my sin, so that you can give me forgiveness at the same time, eternal life. Today, Lord, I come to you and I receive this free gift of salvation that comes from you by faith alone and by your grace alone. Amen. And for all of us, for, let's pray for healing in our relationships. Father, we come to you, we call out to you because you are in the business of transforming and moving in our relationships. We have relationships that are broken and severed, Lord. In your power, Lord, may you just restore and heal each one of us. And we look forward, Lord, for how you're going to work in our midst as we submit, as we follow, and commit to love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you.